Hi, this is Dave Olson. I'm the senior leader of Heartland Church located in Ankeny, Iowa. I hope the following message challenges, encourages, and ultimately changes you. Thanks for joining us. Well, before uh, we go any further, uh, I just want to uh, pass along Pastor Dave's greetings to you. Uh, He is in the Quad Cities area. Uh, I believe he was there yesterday uh, ministering somewhere, and then he is ministering at a church this morning. And if I remember right, I feel like he's ministering somewhere tonight. So um, be praying for him that God would just... uh, uh, we like it when God sends people out on, a, on assignment. That's important to us here at Heartland. And I think it's a good thing when our senior leader can go out and be a blessing at other places and just release what God's put in his heart and on his life. And so uh, to that end... Um, It is my privilege and pleasure to be with you this morning speaking. If by chance you don't know me, my name is John Huffy. I have been uh, attending Heartland, my family, and I, my wife, Emily's on the front row. And we have five kids. We have a 10-year-old boy, Landon, seven-year-old daughter, Zoe, a five-year-old daughter, Riley, a five-year-old daughter, Maddie. And yes, they look alike. And yes, they are twins. And then we have an 18-month-old boy to round out our family. And his name is Jackson. And Everybody knows him as JJ. And so we have been a part of Heartland Church for coming up on 11 years in July. And I have been a part of the staff for, it will be four years in June. And currently I serve as the executive and worship pastor here at Heartland. And you might say, well, what does that mean? And primarily it just means the day in and day out needs of the church and support of the staff. Uh, A lot of it's behind the scenes. And you'd say, well, what do you mean by that, John? Well, the last time I was up here actually preaching was the fall of 2019. So I, so, and you may have been here for that, but you may not have recognized me because I'm about 60 pounds lighter and I'm bald. Everybody's excited about the bald part. Like nobody cheered for the weight loss. What's wrong with you people? Yeah. So, um, so if we've met before and now you're just figuring out that you know me, it's nice to meet you again, uh, even though we know each other. Okay. So uh, anyhow, you know, I wanted to note one thing. A couple of months ago, I was just going throughout my day and I actually, uh, the reason why I mentioned the last time I shared was not like because, oh my goodness, I haven't gotten a chance to share. That just really isn't my MO. I, I, don't, I don't really roll like that. Um, But I do mention that because as it would be, I preached a sermon um, about uh, that that God is the potter and that we are the clay and just really leaned into having a willingness to get up on the potter's wheel willingly and let God shape us. And that that was good. I think it was good. Like I was encouraged when I went back and listened to it for my own self, like, hey, John, keep, keep fervent in that. But I, I began to talk about in that sermon about how there was a time coming soon where we would be told truth is not truth anymore and right would now be wrong and wrong would be right. And I tell you what, um, I don't know why I said that other than that God knows. And the point is, is that We are living in a season where everybody within the sound of my voice today, 
from the youngest to the oldest. We are living in a time where it's not just a season to get wisdom, to have understanding, but courage is required. And courage is contagious. And uh, the danger would be for you to look yourself in the mirror when you get up in the morning and discount the ability that you have to influence where you stand and sit in the seat of life right now. And I want to encourage you to not do that. Many people over the last years, I've talked with people, you know, I'm just me. We just have our little seat of life and, and our little family. I'm sure you've heard things like this too. Phrases like, what can we really do about it? Is when you listen to people talk, it's, I don't know that, uh, I don't know that we lack being able to identify the challenges and struggles that we live today. I'm not sure that we believe that we can do anything about it. And my heart would be that you would realize that the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, plus your willingness to give him a yes of whatever he requires is you and him having a majority wherever he's called you to be. And uh, as we talk today, I'm going to lean into what I believe is the foundational answer to many complexities that we face today as a society. And it's the concept of family. God never does anything without the family structure. It was his idea. Uh, people around here accuse me of being somewhat prophetic. Um, and that's cool. I like that. Um, it is. I mean, that's cool. Um, until God gives you something to say that you're struggling with the courage to say it. Uh, and then everybody's like, no, I don't want to be prophetic, you know. Anyway, everybody loosen up. Shake your arms here today. We're going to be, we're going to talk. We're going to have a talk today. But my heart is, is that we would hear what the Spirit of God is saying, that we would be encouraged, that we would understand that we have the answer as believers in Jesus, that the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is everything you need to stand in the place of influence today. And you notice that's about the third time I've already said that. I believe that right now, um, God wants to begin to deal uh, with the, the, uh, the societal needs uh, today, and he wants to do it through the family unit. Prophetically, well, let's just put the prophetic part aside. Sometimes that can complicate things. Uh, I'm a businessman as well. Before I was a pastor here, I owned a couple different businesses. And I have found it incredibly helpful at times to understand spiritual principles by not using spiritual terminology. Okay, so because everybody understands terms and words differently, right? We all have our history in that. So let's just take a look at the lay of the land today and see where the enemy might be overplaying his hand. Um, go look up um, in the news. You, it's not hard to find articles about tearing down the family unit, the family structure, uh, if, if you're a man in here today, uh, I'm going to be speaking to you directly. Now, women, you're, I, I hope that you will understand that, that I'm not leaving you out um, because all things work together and you are a absolutely critical part of the family unit. But in God's economy, 
uh, the way he works in the family is godly men go first. Always. And within that framework, when we do that, men, we provide a foundational place of safety for our family, a modeling of the character and heart of God that our wives and kids get to experience, not that we're perfect, but you know, honestly, as a father of five, if we were to roll my kids in here today, or if, if I made my wife come up and I said something like, hey, honey, go ahead and share on the times that, that I've dropped the ball. Um, are there any? We might have to create another series and ask Pastor Dave if she can preach for like six weeks. <laughs> so please hear my heart today. Um, to be honest with you, uh, I told Pastor Dave earlier in the week, um, I'm a bit reluctant to share today. Um, if you've heard him talk before, he has this principle and I'm going to assume it's from the scriptures because I believe he's one of the be best Bible teachers that I know. And uh, that's a blessing. But he, he, he'll, he'll say, um, sometimes if God is giving you a revelation on something or he's talking to you about a passage of scripture, he's talked about at times that when that's happening, that if we're quick to start talking about it, we actually shut down what God wants to show us because we stopped the learning process because we started the talking process. And so what I'm talking about today, my hesitancy would be, I don't want to stop what God's been speaking to me about from what I'm about to talk about. And just understand that that's just me trying to, I just want to put that out there because I'm not, I'm not saying that I've got it all figured out. I've just found over the last nine to 12 months that what I'm going to share a little on today, I've found that God is by his grace has helped me to lean in as the father of my children and as the husband of my wife and as the priest of my home and to find the courage to give everything I can and give my yes to him as he requires. And what I've found is, is that gentlemen, listen, you may not be married in here today. Please don't check out. Why would I say that? The Bible is very clear. The Apostle Paul basically says, do you have a desire to be married? Yes or no? If it's yes, then it's God's will. If it's no, then that's okay. They're, the Lord calls some to not be married. And if you're like, man, John, that was super simple. That was the point. It's super simple. And um, so maybe you're not married today. Maybe your kids aren't in the home um, but men, listen, the concept of fathering and how we show up and how we go first in God's economy and the kingdom of God, I'm telling you, it is, it is far reaching. There's no need in this earth that cannot be um, addressed when we as men get a vision that God with us and us showing up as he requires us creates the opportunity for health and wholeness and stability. And so we're talking about bigger principles. I'm gonna address the family today, but I hope you catch a bigger picture and vision of what I'm talking about. 
And so within that framework, um, uh, I just, I just hope that you hear today, like this is not a down and outer thing. If you feel like I'm like, man, I'm, uh, it's because I'm telling you that the level of clarity where God wants to visit you as a man, as his son, the intimacy that is available to you between him and your heavenly father. Listen, when, when you as a man walk this earth and God gives you a wife, a spouse and gives you children, I want, it, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. And this is, what I, this is all I'm asking, that you would take this idea and ask the Lord about it. I'm not asking you to just believe me. I'm asking you to take this to the Lord and ask him about it. But as a man, when God blesses you with your family, outside of your salvation, you have been given the greatest treasure that you will ever get on this earth. And gentlemen, I have a question, and this is the question that I've been asking God to give me the courage to lean into more. This is not, I'm not asking you to to look at your current circumstances and go, really? We'll talk about that in a second. I'm talking about that God gives that to you, and that it is your responsibility, and I want to say this, your opportunity to go on that journey with him for all the days of your life and let him reveal to you through you going first and the serving of your wife and your children, the intimacy that God will encounter you and I as men when we go to him looking for his direction and leading to lead our families. Gentlemen, I have a question for you. Uh, Do you think God has called you to fail in that? Do you think he's called you to be like, you know what, figure it out on your own? Or is it possible that God's like, when you get a vision for that and what I've entrusted to you, that there's endless encounters with me when you come before me as a son and you ask me, how can I love and care for my family? How can I be the priest of my home? How can I build a tabernacle of your presence in my home? Now, the things I'm talking about today, I understand what it is to not have a lot of zeal towards that. And I want to I want to kind of go straight at that today by talking about myself. Gentlemen, I have found that when I lack the vision for what I just described or the opportunity to lean in and experience on an ongoing basis the treasure that God has gifted me and my family, I've learned this principle about myself, so I'm not going to say it at you today. It's on me. It's not on them. And it's not on God. When I lack the ability to understand the gift that God has given me and my family, almost each and every time I've noticed a pattern pop up. And I'm not proud to say it, but it doesn't mean that it's not true. And it's usually because I'm wearing the lenses of selfishness. It's usually me saying, I will respond to my family when they do their part. And don't amen me right now because I ain't amen in myself. That doesn't feel very good. And if you'd be like, John, what do you mean by that? I'll tell you a specific example. There was a couple things that God highlighted to me. And I just felt he was like, just have the courage to share this. And admittedly, you're going to hear this and go, that dude's a pastor? Um, you know, 
but hopefully you just understand, uh, guys, that I'm, I'm not coming to you saying I got it figured out, but I am coming to you saying there's an opportunity for us. And so um, it was within this last year, my, one of my twins, they were four at the time, and one of them had uh, just done some sort of behavior that frankly angered me. Um, and I, after that, I had to like leave to go to the uh, grocery store or something, which is a regular occurrence in our house with the volume, volume of kids we have. And, and one thing to my credit, I try to do as much of the grocery shopping as I can. Um, so I was doing that and I drove away and this is literally, um, how many of you know, does, does anybody ever have God talk to you in different ways depending on what's going? Raise your hand if that happens. Look around. This is encouraging because it's important to hear God's voice. Okay, so that day, this is what this sounded like, okay? Um, I'm, I'm in the vehicle. I am reflecting upon the behavior of my four-year-old. And then the Lord interjects and he says this. He said, so if I'm understanding you right, you as a grown man are choosing to say, my behavior is based on your four-year-old daughter's behavior and I won't change until she changes. Just let that sit there for a minute. Now, Gentlemen, put a smile on your face. I don't know if you've ever done that. I'm gonna assume that you haven't, okay? Just because I care about you. <laughs> and you guys look like you're quality guys, okay? Let me, let me not mince words. That is foolishness. That is foolish thinking. And it abdicates, I abdicate my role as a father as the caretaker of my family, I actually open a door for the enemy to wreak havoc. You wanna know why? Because I go first. And it took a four-year-old, you know, here's the Lord with the mirror. And it's blatantly obvious now, but that was what happened. And I'll just tell you, that actually matters in the environment of your home when you carry your heart that way. And uh, so these are things that the Lord has been challenging me in. And uh, I'm kind of sharing some more weightier stuff on the front end because what I'm, what I'm getting uh, into and finding for myself is when I catch a vision that they're my treasure, it changes the way I show up. If I am willing, uh, how many of you know, men, uh, you are hardwired to conquer and achieve, to look obstacles and objection in the face. God has wired us to be champions in society, in our homes. Uh, I love the word meekness. We're called to be meek and that's strength under control. That's what meekness means. And uh, that's how we're hardwired to be. You don't even have to have a relationship with the Lord. Every one of us men, you, uh, you have a desire to, to be something, not just for you. I'm not talking about just so everybody can be like, oh, you're awesome. I'm talking about you're hardwired to get up, kill something and drag it home, as Dave Ramsey would say. 
And that is, a, that is a God designed thing, okay? That is beautiful, all right? But, but we have to understand, okay, that that stuff, anything outside of the family unit that God has given you, I'm talking your relationship with the Father, God the Father, and then your family. Anything outside of there that you have a vision for or you feel like God's called you to, I'm gonna make a bold statement and this is another one I'd say, hey, you don't have to take my word for about it. I'm just asking you to ask the Lord about it. That is secondary. Any of that is secondary to your family. Oh, okay, cool. Golf clap, Masters was over last weekend, but I'll take a golf clap, that's fine. Um, and why do I say that? Listen to me good here. Because one of the tactics of the enemy is to get us as men believing that our fulfillment is going to come through our career, our financial acumen, you name it, gentlemen, our hobbies, our interests. And I'm not saying that those don't have importance. I'm just saying there's an order to their importance. And why I'm telling you that is because you will find, and I have watched this over and over, and I've found this to be true in my own life, that when I am placing those things and I'm interacting with them as if they are going to be the things that fulfill me, they're not. You know what else happens? That's where the enemy eats our lunch. He he causes us to gradually... If we're not careful, we can slip into losing that tenderness towards him. And then right after that, man, have you ever lost a tenderness to the Lord? I have. You know what I notice after that? I usually lose a tenderness to my family. And now we're talking about familiarity, you know? And uh, the old saying goes that we tend to hurt those that are closest to us. Let that not be said of us, men of God. Let us pass the familiarity test by realizing the treasure that you have each and every day. When I get up, there's no end. There's no end to how God wants to encounter you and I to serve our families. And all I'm saying is, is ask the Lord about it. Open the door for him to show you that because that's the beautiful part today. Within that is the expression of the uniqueness of who you are. I don't know about you. Listen, I've, I've, got, I've got a wonderful family heritage, some things that are really great and I celebrate that. But I also got some junk as a part of my family tree. Does anybody got junk as a part of their family tree? Raise your hand. You know, in my world, I meet with a lot of people by default and folks that are, you know, from time to time, there's things going on in their life, right? We all have things going on in our life. And in, in my line of work, I'll, I'll, I'll meet with people pretty regularly, right? You know, an interesting observation is I find when there's spiritual challenges in people's lives that they're going through, um, that happens. I have found that the enemy tends to take it to another level of torment. We would call it being bound. We would say a lot of terminology. I've found that that usually shows up when the person that's talking believes that they can't do anything about their situation. Now, I'm not talking about 
rolling up sleeves and mustering up the courage on our own, but I am talking about giving the Holy Spirit a yes and that personal responsibility partners with that. In other words, there's certain things that only you and I can do and nobody else can do them for us. When we get a vision for that and know that God is in our corner, man, I tell you what, there starts to be a synergy with the Holy Spirit And I have found that there's no limitation to him giving me what I need. I've found that sometimes when I am struggling or coming short, it's because there's something going on in me. But he's a good father. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5 real quick. Let's set the framework for what I'm talking about. Men, you go first. This is a beautiful concept. I understand. Um, but I, but, but I, want, I, I just want to say, like, if you look at where we are, the idea of the role of men and the, the role that we play, gentlemen, this is how you're being defined right now. That you're selfish. That you think that your family is here to serve you. That women... This is society today, okay? We're going to go real talk right now. You are being described as a selfish, self-absorbed man that thinks the people around you are there for you largely. Now, I'm not saying everybody around you, but that is a pretty widespread narrative. And my question, the the thought I had around that, and and I want you to hear me well. Because I'm not saying I agree with that. But the question would be is, is is there any merit to that complaint? Is there any truth to the way we as men, I know there's plenty of you in here. You are, you are awesome men. There, I could just start naming names of those of you in here, you, what you personally mean to me and the character of who you are, okay? So just understand what I'm saying right now. But there is a void of leadership, of servanthood in the space expressing itself within the context of how men exist in our society. And I would like to do something about it. I would like for that to change because as we're about to read when that changes we provide a foundation of safety of care of love of servanthood this doesn't just have to be for your own family this can be whoever God calls you to the concept of a father is not just to your own family it's an expression that needs to be an operation in a powerful way in our society for society to be healthy and whole you know they would say that if you if you're a data person and you look at the number one decider across all demographics of Right at the top of if a child coming into their own, into their late teens and early 20s, you know, the number one thing is that determines if they're going to be successful is if they came from a a home with a mom and a dad. And I'm not, 
listen, I come from a broken home. So I am not, those of you that also did, uh, I am not picking on people, but we need to be honest with what happens with the fallout. Those, those decisions, those things that happen have ramifications. And, and, I, and I feel like that there's an element where the question is, is like, what are we prepared to do about that, gentlemen? Because I believe that God has anointed us to get a vision for that. We live life to the fullest when we're full of what God's understanding and how he's designed us as men. And that if it be true that your family, the idea of being a father is at the top of the priority list because God himself is what? Your father. You know, Jesus in John chapter five, he says what? He says, here's the key to my ministry success. He says, I just do what I see the father doing. And you know what else is a part of that scripture that's interesting? And the father loves the son. So the idea is this, gentlemen, your heavenly father loves you. He wants to show you what he's doing or what he wants you to do. And that's all he's asking you to do is do what he showed you. What kind of intimate connection is God inviting you and me into? Is that task only? I doubt it. How many of you in here, when you, when you really have received that care of a father, maybe, not, maybe you never have, and maybe that's something to go after, but how many of you in here uh, have ever received that care? I think one of the number one things is, is you, you feel safe. You feel protected. You feel like you've, you're watched out for. In fact, it's interesting. If you've ever lost a parent, uh, my, my dad passed away quite a few years ago. And then we lost my wife's dad a couple years ago. I always described it to people as, you know, when, when my dad passed away, it was almost like I just... Just, and I don't mean this in a dysfunctional way. I meant because of that role. It's like, I just didn't feel as protected because that, that person was gone. And I, I think that speaks to the nature of the, 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 the role and the function. And I, and I think my, my wife would concur. She felt the same way. So these, this is important stuff. So let's jump into Ephesians 5. Go down to verse 22. Many of you are going to be very familiar with this. I just ripped a page in my Bible. I've had this Bible for like 20 some years and never ripped a page. Just ripped it. Okay. All right. Now listen to this. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. I know I'm reading a familiar passage of scripture here. And I know how I've grown up in church my whole life. So I know how, a lot how this scripture is interpreted and that's kind of why I'm talking today because I think the order of it's wrong or, or how it's been applied or possibly that it's been largely a one-way street. Just gonna put that out there. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife as also Christ is head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word 
that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and this is key, and the two shall become one flesh, not a partnership, by the way. One flesh. There's a place in marriage, those of us in the church, we can go deeper than a partnership. One flesh. It is that God blessed you with somebody that the design of who they are long before the earth was made, God had it in his foreknowledge. He knew what you needed and he set you up with a person that had the opportunity to give a yes to God and give you everything they needed too. That was key what I just said. So you're gonna wanna go back and reflect the order there. It doesn't happen by osmosis. It's not enough to just say, well, I know that God called us to be married. That's not enough. And this is my point, gentlemen. It is our job to go first and make that investment. If, if us giving ourselves up for our family is to look the same as Christ giving himself up for the church, I have a question. What was off the table? Did, did Jesus say that one thing I won't do? Did he say, my wife is a nag and I ain't gonna grow until she grows? My wife wronged me. I'm not talking about, listen, my wife and I have been married for 16 years. We have five children. So we've had our bumps in the road and 99.9% .9 of the time, it's me. You didn't expect that, did you? <laughs> but gentlemen, let's say you're like, he's lying. There's no way that's the case because I know who I'm married to and 70% of the time, she's wrong. Whatever your narrative is, I'm being serious right now. That's not an option for you, according to this. According to this, we go first, gentlemen. Uh, I don't know if you know who Dan Moeller is. Raise your hand. Dan Moeller, uh, uh, he has some very profound and interesting thought patterns around this concept. Very challenging. But the idea is this. I am not going to require things of my wife and my kids in order for me to give them what they need. Right here. What did Jesus leave off the table, gentlemen, for the church to be reconciled, presented as a pure and spotless bride? Now, it gets interesting because I, I get what I'm saying. Here's where the enemy eats our lunch, my friends. He makes us think that we cannot go for this. 
He wants to tell guys like you and I that you know yourself. You're not gonna be able to do this. Gentlemen, what, what's one of our number one things that happened to us when we're really struggling, okay? And if this isn't you, I'm, I, in no way would I wanna try to put a thought in your head. And I mean that sincerely. I, I just, but I have found that when we men get on an island, I would call it, plan on not good things happening. But see, that's the thing. The enemy comes to us and he says things like, you know, you're all alone. And maybe today you feel like, John, you don't even know what's going on in my heart. I'm asking you, I'm asking you to find the courage to go to your heavenly father and give him a yes. Maybe today you can't muster up the courage to talk about where you're at to another dude. Go to your heavenly father. We are at a, do, do we agree that we're at a critical juncture in, in history and society? There is so many things, and I'm not saying they're bad. There's so many ideas on what to address. I'm telling you that if we will start here, men, and make that investment in our family, let me spell it out for you. If you'll go there with the Lord, if you'll open up your heart to the greatness that's inside of you via the Holy Spirit, to serve your family, to lay your life down for them. I'm not talking about days where you're like, dude, I dropped the ball. You know, I've noticed something, guys. It's been, it's not, it doesn't feel good to fail my children, man. My kids are 10 and under. And I've had to look the ones that can understand, JJ's not there yet. I've had to look every one of them in the face and say, you know what? I'm sorry for this behavior. Daddy, that was wrong of daddy to treat you that way. I wish that wasn't the case, but you know what's powerful? Repentance is a powerful example of expressing to our family how life really works. Because I do believe that there, I just, I'm not up here patting you on the back. I do believe you are wonderful people, but you're not a perfect people. And so we're going to drop the ball. And gentlemen, I want to propose this to you. Let's be quick to humble our hearts. Let's not wait for when somebody in our family wronged us, if God gives you a vision, if he gives you clarity, I'm not talking about like, he might do that, vision like that. But if he gives you understanding to what's going on in conflict in your family, and it ain't quote unquote your fault, but you got insight into what's going on, then lead and go bring wholeness and healing to your family. You go first. Christ we are to love them as Christ loved the church. There was nothing off the table, but you're not. He, today, you got to get this. You got to walk out of here today. Either, man, for those of you men that could be like, I can say this better than you, John, because I've lived it. Seriously, I want to talk to you because I want to learn more.
I'm not up here telling you I've got it together. But gentlemen, we've got to get a vision for this because the fulfillment, your treasure, what really fulfills you is the laying down of your life to function this way in your family and in society. And it is a place of humility. It takes meekness. It takes courage. It takes me looking myself in the face and saying no to sin. It's, if you're going to go Galatians 5.19, the sins of the flesh, then you're going to fail. But if you remember what happens, picking up in verse 20, I think it is, verse 22, it's funny, Galatians 5.19 through 21, sins of the flesh, verse 22, fruit of the spirit. And look what comes out of that. I'm so glad they put them right together, gentlemen. Because I know what it is to be that guy. But you've got to ask yourself this question, as do I. If not us, then who? If not now, then when? We as men, I get it, I get it. We as men can get into this mode of thinking that it's just on us. And I'm, I'm just telling you that there's been this, this interesting partnership with God where I'm more aware than ever that I don't have the ability to do this on my own. And yet I feel like I'm in a place where I have more courage to partner with God because I'm, I know I can't do it on my own. And what I've seen, I've seen a I'm sure it's just a little bit, but it's been so good. I've seen his goodness. I've seen his faithfulness. I've seen him speak to me about what to do, how to love my children, how to love my wife better, how to, uh, what, do I, what do I need to do? Oh, this is really going on, John. I'm not, guys, I'm not talking that, that, that any of this is easy when it comes to ourselves, but I am saying that I have found it to be worth it. And I find myself living with more purpose. I find myself living with a greater connection to the Father, a little bit more tender, willing to say I'm sorry when I drop the ball, which is regular. If I already mentioned my uh, family, uh, just talk to some of the staff that work with me every day. I don't get it right all the time. But I want to. I want to partner with God. I want to sit in my role. You are the priest of your home. You are the one that has been anointed to build a tabernacle of God's presence, a safe place for your family to dwell in. So what does that look like? We're trying to fix the world's problems right now. And there's a lot of words going on. And by the way, if I remember right, the Bible says something to the effect of where there's a lot of words, there's a lot of sin or sins there too. Okay, that's that. But how about, what would it look like with the complexities of today's world, if it feels scary to you, if you're rattled, if you're shaken, whatever it is, what if you knew, gentlemen, that the first place where that doesn't have to be is your home, but you're the one that dictates with the power and presence of God on you, you're the one that makes that place a safe place, a tabernacle for his presence, a safe place for your family. What if we could start there? What if our homes became a place where the spirit of God was there? Our family structure was whole. We were engaged. We weren't checked out. We were willing to do the hard work. And God was like, that's pleasing to me, son. What if you did that and found yourself going, I'm coming alive. 
because I found what my heart was called to invest in. I'm investing in the treasure that God's given me. What if today you walked out of here, gentlemen, and I told you this concept and you asked God about it and he told you that, not that I was right, that it was true. What if I told you that you don't ever have to ask him, you don't ever have to pray about, God, can I give everything I am to my family and my children partner with you? You don't ever have to ask him. His answer is yes. Yes, you can. Go for it. Go all the way. I'm with you. I'm willing to help you. There's a lot of things in life that are uncertain, right? Gentlemen, there's a lot of things that I'm sure you bring to the Lord and you ask him about and you're like, God, do I do this? Do I not do this? What do you think about this, God? All that goes into it. You know what you don't have to pray about? Getting up every day and being amazing for your wife and children. You don't have to pray about it. God's on your side. God wants you to do it. God wants you to have the courage to go for it. This is a powerful thing. You know why? Because in the loss of my father and my wife's dad at I'm going to be 39 this year. I learned something. When that moment happens and they leave the earth, most of the things that we interact with life and think we're going to care about, we don't. But I'll tell you what's going to remain. What's going to remain is if I can have the courage to get up every day and do my best to model what Jesus is calling me to here. And we change, we flip the script, gentlemen. It doesn't mean that there isn't going to be some challenging times. Their their life has complexity to it. One thing that I feel like the Lord's been speaking to me about this year, hopefully you've heard me pick on myself enough today. Because I'm not doing it for false humility. I am trying to say, but at the same time, I've seen him be so good to me. In the midst of struggle. You know, there is, there, is a, there is a moment right now. There is a moment right now in this room. Even, even my friend, if it feels like I've tried this before. Maybe you're like, you don't know how bad it is, whatever that would mean. I am confident. I am confident in God's faithfulness to you. My brothers in this room, your heavenly father is faithful to you. I didn't say it wouldn't take courage. I didn't say it wouldn't take some humility. I didn't say that there wouldn't be messes to clean up. But I'm telling you, you're not on your own. And there is a place in the Lord. And as you do that, then then the things that are the bigger picture, the brokenness that exists in society right now, there will be some things that begin to shake and begin to move. There is, there are many, 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 many men in the body of Christ that are totally checked out. You're looking me in the face right now, but you're going through the motions in every single way. You know it and God knows it. 
and I have been there. And I know that as a son of God, as somebody that professes faith in Jesus, the enemy comes and he comes to lie to you. You get up, you do the same routine, you go to work, you pay the bills, you do all those things, but you're largely checked out. You have no intimacy with your wife. You're fine if your kids are occupied doing other things. You're checked out. I have found, I have stumbled upon, or God's been good enough to reveal to me that yes, that is not great for my family, but it's really not great for me because I am called to give myself to my family, to lay myself down, to serve them, to love them, to lay my own things aside and get a vision for how the Holy Spirit wants me to rally around my family. And I can only do that if I have the courage to let God come and take a look at me. I haven't found his voice to be angered. Concerned, yes. Serious, yes. Because I've been entrusted with precious people to to him as well. But I have found him to also be gentle to be forgiving I have found him to help me have the courage to forgive myself These are these are big ticket items You were born, you were born, gentlemen, you were born to walk in to your seat of influence in this life and confidently know that you are aware of what your heavenly father's doing and you can do what he asks you to do and watch him work. That's what we were born for. And based on the uniqueness of who you are, based on your story, based on where you come from. That is an awesome thing. One of the reasons that I believe God is moving things here is because it's been well over a year ago now. Um, if you don't know Jennifer Marlatt, she's our women's ministry uh, director. And when she stepped into that role, uh, she really had on her heart. And I've, it's not like she was the first one with this idea. But how many years, even around here, have we talked about, oh, you know, it, um, whether it be a prayer meeting or whatever, like, but just beginning to pray that the hearts of men would be stirred. Amen. You know, some of that concerns me because when we've talked about that in the past, I'm just gonna be super honest with you. I can feel tension in the room. And there shouldn't be. If I hear a sister in Christ or my wife say, I'm praying for the men as a man, I should be like, awesome, because I need it. What part of you, sir, has been offended when you've heard that women are praying for us to rise up? We're going to get real right now. I'll tell you what it is. Apathy. Complacency. 
And just when you want to go, that dude, why is he up there? I don't have to accuse you. I've felt that. (laughs) So, what are we going to do about it? The reason why I brought that up with Jennifer, Jennifer, I didn't even tell you this, but hopefully this will warm your heart as one of the pastors here. You know, I'm, I'm supposed to have it together. And I don't, listen, I need to be a little careful there. I don't, I don't, that is very important, okay? As far as we need, if somebody's saying yes to leadership, you know, we want them to have a vision for living rightly, okay? I'm telling you, I'm not perfect. Big, big distinction there. Um, okay, so what I, the other, uh, um, like a month ago now, I was driving along in, in my vehicle and I was just having this dialogue with the Lord. And I remember having this thought like, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing myself have a desire for, for prayer and just, just, just between me and him, not, not like coming in here, not all that. I'm just saying it at a heart level. And I'm just, and I'm not even telling you this to sound prideful. And this is what he told me. He goes, Yes, of course you are, because they've been praying for that. And this is how things work. And gentlemen, I'm saying that there's, I'm sure your own family, listen, whatever level you look at me and go, oh, that guy's got some things together, or maybe you think I got nothing together, and that's okay, that's okay. I don't have my hair anymore, so that's gone. Um, but I am well aware that part of my story is, is I'm, part of my journey is because of the faithfulness of the prayers of the people around me, particularly like my grandma Huffy, who never did not tell me that she was praying for me whenever I saw her, but she meant it and I knew it. And we're in a convergence where we're either going to lose our society and you're like, that's a bold statement. How do I know that? Well, um, God has an answer. I think that I'm backing up to one of the most foundational da- dynamics of this concept. There's a lot of other teachings, and I'm not talking about any of that right now. I'm talking about how does a thing actually change? How does God execute his plans and purposes. Through people. Each and every time. I'm not saying there ain't moments where God shows up and just does a sovereign. I'm just saying when he brings his from heaven down to earth, it comes through you and I. And gentlemen, if, if I am right, if I am picking up on what I believe God's saying here, uh, then we go first. And when we don't, you're going to continue to be frustrated with the results that you're getting day in, day out. When you look at your family and you don't like what you see rather than try to keep analyzing what everybody's not doing right if that's what you're doing 
if you haven't considered saying, God, what would you have me to do? Now might be the time. I know God's heart for you is this. Each and every time you will ask me, son, for insight into how to care for your family, how to release my presence to them, how to lead them into righteousness each and every time, I will show you what you need to know. Not only that, but I will also love you as a father. I will care for you as my son. You give me your yes, and I will give you me. You're not on your own today. I have found that, frankly, I, I, don't, I don't know that, that Emily and I have talked a lot about these things because quite honestly, I'd, I'm just, I just feel like I got so many things that I can go for. And more than I want to hear from my wife and kids like, oh, daddy, I'm not, that, that has tremendous value because we didn't even get to the part about being honored. But gentlemen, God has wired us to need honor, to be honored, okay? But the exchange is you go first. So another way to say it is, is you earn that with, within that framework and that exchange, Many of us in here have at times required honor from our family when our behavior's not been honorable and you violated your family. You abdicated your role, but yet you wanted to require what they're supposed to do. That's not what the scripture says. Now hear my heart. What I have found is when I will... Go first. I think my kids are good kids. I think my wife is sweet. I, I always feel supported by her. There hasn't been a day, and I, and I mean this sincerely, even in our worst moments, I've never had a day where I was like, man, I, I'm, I regret being married to Emily. I, I've not had that day and I'm not picking on you if you have. I'm just saying that in my experience, I've not had that day. And I didn't say that we haven't been through some hard things. But as I move further into understanding and God inviting me in to treasure my family, get a vision for that, love them, lay my life down for them, to actually go for that, and I don't know how often I hit the mark. I just know that it's pretty top of mind as much as possible. And the times that it's not, it's like, oh man, Lord, help me recalibrate. <laughs> okay. But what my preference would be is, is I will, yes, I want, I want to be honored. That's important to men. We're, we're hardwired. God, God designed us that way. But I'm finding myself being more aware of what behavior am I modeling for my wife and kids. And you know what's weird about it is, is when I'm aware that I modeled godly behavior, that behavior in and of itself is honorable. And I don't have to wonder because God's like, you, you modeled honorable behavior. And it's a different way of getting there. And my, like I said, my family's complimentary. Uh, and encouraging. 
And uh, would you just close your eyes with me real quick? Gentlemen, A couple days ago, one of the staff members came to me and said, when I drove in on the property, I was very angry at you. But I, I knew it wasn't me. I, I don't know if you're going through any situations of people being angry at you now. And I guess if anybody is angry at me, you know, you know how to find me now. But I just, I just, tuck that away in the back of my heart because I feel like that that is happening right now. Not for everybody, but for some in this room. And this is what I want to say to you. This has been a strategy of the enemy to deter you as a man to stepping into everything God has for you because when you don't like something that somebody's saying, you get angry. And I want you to hear me. I'm okay. I'm a big boy. I've been through some stuff. So I'm not worried about that. But I would encourage you to be honest with yourself today. If that's you, here's what the Lord's saying to you. This cycle deters you from success. The dreams and things that you want and hope for will not come to pass until you get that under control. Anger. So whoever that's for, if the Holy Spirit's talking to you about that, then just let him deal with you. I just submit that to you. I'm not mad at you. I'm not picking on you. But I wouldn't want you to go through that cycle again and miss out on what the Lord has for you in this moment. Gentlemen, if you'd be so kind to... Lift your hands if you're willing. If your spouse is sitting beside you, ladies, would you put your hand on their shoulder or make a point of contact? Father, in this moment, Lord, I thank you that I stand in a room with men who were designed and created before the foundations of the world in your mind, God, you knew this moment in history, this moment in history that each one of us living and breathing, there was a specific reason why we were born. At the very top, Lord, is the family that you've given us. And I'm asking today, Lord, with humility, Father, we know, God, that the hour in which we live, God, is one that is, it's sobering, the challenges that are there. But let us not be a people, let us not be men that merely talk about the problems. But God, let us understand that we are called to lay our lives down as men of God, that we go first. And Father, within that framework, Lord, when we say yes to that responsibility, what comes, Lord, is authority and anointing. 
I'm going to say that again. Gentlemen, if you'll give God a yes to what I'm talking about today and let him begin to unpack it to you, when you give him a yes to that responsibility, saying, God, I will partner with you for the care of my family and wherever you ask me to show up, let me tell you what comes with that. Actual authority from heaven and an anointing to make a difference. Don't miss it. Because that's the part that I was holding out on. And I did it for a reason. Men, hype kills us. Getting excited about the details and then doing nothing with it is exactly what the enemy wants. And it stops now. Make a choice. But do it underneath the anointing. Because you ain't on your own. And there is a restoration coming today. And some of you, hear me, men, go home and let your heart be broken and tenderize your very voice and go to your spouse and love her again because the anointing is there for you. If you're wounded, if you're hurt, if there's years of buildup, hear me, gentlemen, go to your heavenly father. Talk to him about it. Let him heal you up and begin to put back the pieces of your marriage and watch your wife follow that kind of care. You're stuck because you won't go first. It ain't about who was wrong because if it was, we'd all be damned to hell, gentlemen. I'm wrong. But Jesus went first. And if you're like, dude, this guy's yelling at me. No, no, understand, understand what's going on right now. The enemy has got us lethargic and asleep. Wake up, wake up, come awake. You were born for this. You were born for this. Get up in the morning, connect with your God. Be reconciled in relationship with him. Be honest with him. Be broken with him. Be whatever you gotta be, but be with him because you were made to be known and loved by him. And when you're not, you're nothing because that's the gospel. But when we are, he through us is everything. He's so good at loving us I got nothing to go on. If you want me to talk about my accolades, gentlemen, I got nothing for you. Because I didn't do anything on my own. And you didn't either. But see, our mess is our message. The test is the testimony. And I ain't talking about just cool terms that preachers use. I'm talking about if you and I will open up and begin to talk about where we've come from, what God has brought us through, how he's healed us up. Come on, things are gonna break off. You're gonna find yourself alive. You're gonna find your heart beating again. You're gonna find connectivity with the Holy Spirit. And you know what you're not gonna do? You're not gonna just be existing anymore. And it's worth it. Come, come on, stand up, men. Stand up. Stand up as a declaration. Are you gonna go with God? This is about you and him right now. And God is healing things. God is breaking things off of you. Right now he is delivering people of habits and sinful patterns. And he's saying, come, 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 come now. Come right now because I'm setting you free. 
And the enemy's been like, don't do this because you know you got to do X, Y, Z. You got to get an accountability partner. You got to do all this only to fail again. And God's saying right now in this moment, give me a yes, no matter how weak you think it is. Give me a yes. And if you can't muster a yes, then pray this prayer, gentlemen, but you got to mean it. But to the Lord, it's precious. It's this, God, I side with you against myself. I don't even know what I need to know. God, I'm too broken. I don't have clarity. I'm jacked up. I'm whatever. But God, I got a little taste that you're the only one that can bring me out of this. So I side with you against myself. If that's what you got to pray, the Lord loves that prayer because it's humility and it's saying that we can't do it on our own. It ain't gonna fix itself. Guys, if you just do a little playback in your mind, when we abdicate the influence that God's given us, plan, plan on the enemy causing dysfunction, disunity, Plan on the door being open for your children to just have whatever happen. Because it's biblical. And I'm not saying that the enemy gets just inroads. Don't mishear me. But we kind of act like, what happened? I don't know how this happened. There's, there's some of you in this room today. You just need to know that right now, in this moment, your Father in heaven sees you and he loves you. And he will take you as you are right now. So Father, and I'm gonna invite any of you up at the end. If you want specific prayer, you may come up. Father, in Jesus' name, God, I'm asking, Father, that you, Lord, would give us the courage as men to go with you in this. God, that more than anything I'm saying, Lord, I know, I know, I've had the opportunity to experience your faithfulness, your goodness, your kindness, your mercy, your grace. Lord, on the, on the, on the worst days, on the best days, Lord, I've, I've got to experience a little bit of who you are. And it's so overwhelming, your faithfulness and your goodness. Arise today, sons of God. Awaken that the men... Lord, the men would rise up into society and that what has been broken will be stabilized. What's been laid, uh, uh, the cracks in the foundation, Lord, will be strengthened. And God, that you would release fathers all over this place, all over this nation, all over this world, the heart of a father. God, that it would be displayed through us, Lord. May we be found faithful. God, give us the courage in you, Jesus. Give us the courage in you, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help more people hear this message, you can get the word out by subscribing and sharing it on social media. If you'd like to support the ministries of Heartland Church, you can do so at heartlandchurchonline.com give.